Roethlisberger, the quarterback, was all, hug it, chug it, football, all night. Hearts are pounding in Denver. Nobody but Terrell here. Davis, it is a rocking standing up. Denver is in the lead. Denver's going to win it. Oh, baby, they're going to win this thing. Probably the final play of the game. It is caught by Dyson. Can he get in? No, he cannot. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. There's one thing I want to say here tonight. There's only four words. Welcome to Name Change Pending. This is your host, this Brian Priest. I'm joined today John. by Tommy Jerome and Josh Keel. How you guys doing? Doing good. How about yourself? Living the dream. It's so nice. good. So good. Thanks, Josh. So, good. so we're just going to do a quick Super Bowl preview and talk about some of the things we've seen from these teams over the season, what we expect to happen in this game. And um, we might even cover a few prop bets because we all know that gambling is the best part about the NFL. Right? Agreed. Okay. So I, the first thing I wanted to mention as we get into this game, the I think the conventional storyline for a lot of people is the, the Chiefs offense going into this game against a, a good uh, 49ers defense. But I find it kind of interesting as I was looking at the numbers here. Give me one second while I pull this up on my phone. The, uh, the 49ers actually outscored the Chiefs on the season. The 49ers were second in the league in offense, averaging almost 30 points a game. The Chiefs averaged just over 28. And defensively, the Chiefs actually allowed fewer points on the season than the, the 49ers. So with that conventional storyline, Josh, you, yeah. you look kind of well, stunned right there. That second, the second statistic is the one that surprised me because the Chiefs defense is normally uh, written off as sucking. Yeah. And like when you think of them, you think about them not being able to get stops in the fourth quarter, the Patriots driving on them last year to win a game, and just them being the the weakness of the Chiefs and uh, not being able to figure it out. And when you think of the Niners, you think of them as being like, not like on, on the Ravens level of the offense just sucks and the mm-hmm. defense is really good, but the defense being the strength of the team and the yeah. offense just struggling along and doing enough to win games, but yeah. not not being the thing. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was kind of surprised when I saw that. But it, I don't know. At the same time, it it makes a, a little bit of sense to me because the the Chiefs, especially over the last eight weeks or so, they've been outscoring teams by so much that they limit what the other offenses are even able to attempt. Uh, so you you make it easier defensively. You you know that you don't have to defend against the run as much because you're up three scores and teams have to throw the ball when they're trailing by that much. Right. It makes defense a lot easier when you. Uh when you make it one dimensional like that and especially mm-hmm. when you're getting fourth quarter leads like they've had come from behind victories in like the last four games but uh the they've come from behind in the first half and then like the freaking Texans game yeah and so then, well, then and that still, was amazing I, it was. I, let's let's not sell short that 24 to nothing deficit in the first quarter and then right. they win they score 51 straight points right. and win 51-31. Well, and it wasn't just that they were down 24. It was how they were down 24 because it was crazy stuff like blocked blocked punts and, like, you know, interceptions mm-hmm. and things like that where it was just mistakes just all over the place, just handing away touchdowns. And normally if you do that to a playoff team, th- then you're done. Yeah, and then, like, I look at the 49ers and I, I – I don't want to rely too much on those numbers I was just given because I do think that the the 49ers, if you looked at them, I didn't have a chance to pull up their defensive numbers specifically on the season. But I feel like the 49ers' offensive scoring output is, is probably significantly less than the Chiefs. It's the, the Niners' defense 
creating turnovers and, and scoring touchdowns. Fred Warner's been terrific. Yep. Richard Sherman's another guy that's been awesome on the defensive side of the ball. And that, that Niners defense, just from every level of it, has yeah. have been a really tough defense for most of the season. If you exclude that Saints game where they ended up winning like 51-49. Right. Otherwise, that Niners defense has been off the charts. And, and I wonder how much like the um – the offense gets benefited from short fields because the defense mm-hmm. either gets a turnover or holds the other team in the red zone so the punt only goes to the 50, where the Chiefs is kind of the opposite, where their defense is either starting, like their offense can get the ball out to midfield, and then if they got a punt, they punt it down deep into the into the territory, so their team has to go 90 yards instead yeah. of having to go 30 yards like the Niners are going every week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, let's jump into this game and just take a look at each team uh, offensive, defensive, special teams units, and kind of what we're going to expect from this game. Who do you guys want to start with? Tommy, which team do you want to start with? I say we go 49ers first. Yeah, we can go 49ers 49ers first. give you that local flair with all the Niners fans here in the, the Utah market. So Just Tommy, Niner fans everywhere, too. Yeah, like, that's, I think, that's true. The Niners do have that big base. I think even where it's in Miami, right? Yeah. The game. Mm-hmm. So I even think with the location of the game, I still feel like there's going to be more Niner fans at the Super Bowl than there will be Chiefs fans. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. The the 49ers are just one of those teams that just have fans fans everywhere. Yeah, they definitely do. And they're they're like a legacy team. There was a uh, thing during the playoff game last week talking about how uh, Shanahan like brought back all the legends and we're like, this is what the 49ers are. Like we've been around for a long time and they got five Super Bowls, right? So they'll, if they win this week, they'll tie the Patriots for the most all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they've got five. They got what? Four from Montana and one from Steve Young. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Where did Steve Young go to college? Oh, I believe oh. he went to Brigham Young University. Why would you bring that up, Tommy? Don't <laughs> encourage him. Because he can't, he can't get away oh. from it. Everywhere there's success. I, was waiting for, I didn't want to wait University. too long for it. Yeah, so I just, that's true. I might as well. hey, you could steal Josh's thunder from you him. You mentioned and Fred Warner, and I didn't even say anything either. I didn't say anything about BYU. I know, but that's what I mean. I didn't either. I was being respectful <laughs> that time. He said Fred Warner's good on defense, and I, was, I just let it ride. All right, Tommy. So, I mean, continue telling us about these, these 49ers. What did you see from them this year that – leads you to believe that they they could compete for a championship on Sunday. Just de- besides defense. the fact that they're going to be in the game. Uh well that too. <laughs> no, but just defensively, these guys are just tough. That front four and then if they're blitzing, like you have their ends Nick Nick Bosa, you know, is for a rookie is just mm-hmm. almost unstoppable. He just disrupts the line and then that leaves openings for the other linemen to get through and and possibly bring down the quarterback so you're a you're a chargers fan you've been watching joey bosa for what six years or so what you saw from nick bosa is he better i mean not that i want to get too lost on this but I, i he's good man yeah he's definitely i think he has he is good i think they're both phenomenal i'm not gonna take that away i think he has more, I guess I I don't want to make excuses. Be like, well, Nick has more weapons on defense with him than Joey does. But I mean, I guess the proof's in the pudding. I guess you could say Nick's better than Joey. Sad to say. I mean, and it's it's one season, so you don't want to 
you don't want to go too heavy just saying absolutely he is better. But well, based if I could on, get a full season from Joey. If you I'd, get a full season from Joey Bosa and he's never been in the Super Bowl or honestly with that Chargers team, has he comp- have the Chargers honestly competed for a Super Bowl during Bosa's time? I'm not trying to talk shit. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering because I think it's it's an interesting comparison with the brother coming in. No. I'm sorry. I mean, last year, I guess we got we played the Patriots in divisional, but that was how competitive was the game? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay, we won't talk about that game. Anyways, back to the 49ers. <laughs> I think defensively, this team's going to be hard to stop or hard to hard to attack. Yeah, there you go. Not stop, but hard yeah. to hard to attack. I think there that. Front four is really strong and can get to Mahomes. Yeah, and Bosa's. Think, uh, sorry to cut you off. I was just looking at the numbers, but Bosa's had three sacks for a, a total of twenty-eight yards lost through the the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just that Forty ers defense. The, the thing about it to me is that the front four can get pressure without blitzing, and yeah. that's it. That's a huge advantage, especially oh, yeah. against the Chiefs' offensive line that has kind of struggled this year. Yeah, it's been spotty. Uh, but also, I feel that the 49ers secondary is a the 49ers secondary is more competent than uh a secondaries that uh Mahomes went up against in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, no, I I would totally agree with that. I don't think they're stellar. I don't think they have any like one set like one person who's a game changer on that secondary. But they all know how to play with each other and they know how to work together mm-hmm. in that secondary to come up with turnovers, especially when you have that front four getting to the quarterback. Yeah, and I and I think that's the key the, that the 49ers do play as a team. And offensively and defensively, the 49ers, I think the, the biggest advantage they're going to have going into this game is that they're a, they're a team that built similarly to the Patriots the last several years. They can game plan in whatever way they need to. They're not strictly a passing team. They're not strictly... A running team. They're not strictly a hit them in the mouth, uh, you know, huge linebackers, defensive team. They're they're not a man coverage. They're not a zone coverage team. They do whatever they need to to defeat their opponent that week. And that's been it's been something that's really impressive because they're they're a I think I think one through fifty three, the Forty Niners are a more talented team. Yeah, I but I think that the. The Chiefs might be more top-heavy talent-wise. But, yeah, 1 through 53, the 49ers team is a hell of a squad. Yeah, yeah really most good. definitely. I, As far as defense goes, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, the conference championship, I feel like Jimmy G threw like Tannehill. He only went 6 of 8 for 77 yards, no <laughs> touchdowns. Wow. And uh, did, did you see Terry Bradshaw reaching out to him and say, it's okay, Jimmy, I want a Super Bowl throwing 10 passes. <laughs> it was either 10 or 12. But also, with that, <laughs> with that being said, also, but Raheem what, Mostert? Mostert. Mostert, 29 carries, 220 yards, four scores. So Jimmy G didn't even really need to throw the ball that game. Exactly. Uh, just kind of like how Tannehill was. Yeah, well, and that, that kind of goes to what I was saying about their game plan. There's been games where Garoppolo's thrown 40 passes, mm-hmm. and then there's a, they win the NFC Championship throwing eight passes. They do right. whatever they need to, and there's there's not. It just doesn't seem like there's the issue of ego that you get with some teams. Yeah, it's kind of a testament to coaching too, because they're mm-hmm. just doing whatever it takes. Like 
They're not trying to force any any one thing down your throat. They're not trying to – they don't come in with a preset like, oh, we have to do this, we have to do that. They just go, hey, let's find out what works, and we'll just keep on doing that. Mm-hmm. And when Moser was running, it was like, they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. Didn't matter because he still got 230 yards rushing. And, like, Jimmy G's just out there as a pivot point for the ball to get from the center to the running backs. Yep, exactly. Hey, all those yards don't happen if Jimmy G doesn't hand off the ball, I'm just saying. So he was part of the <laughs> offense. <laughs> Jimmy G still got to take the snap. He Tommy does. makes a great point there. Fair, fair point. So, and what I've also noticed throughout the season and just in general with these 49ers is that their play-action passing, like when they run play-action, they sell the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. You can even tell, like, with the camera work, like the camera guy thinks they're running. So then yeah. you see the camera going, but – Jimmy still has the ball, and then he's finding someone downfield or mm-hmm. throwing it to the other team. Yeah, it's always fun <laughs> when the camera gets faked out on the uh, oh yeah, play action. <laughs> the run action. Well, and yeah. they run so many intricate like play action passes too. Like you have Debo that'll come around, and then they fake that handoff, and then they'll hit the running back in the you know in the flat. So I think offensively their playbook is is pretty deep, and and it's a it's a Madden playbook. Honestly, yeah. it, it's that Madden playbook where you've just got everything. Yep. Just open it up, and you you have so many selections that you, it's hard to get that play picked before that forty second right, right. clock winds down. You can spend the whole time like he's got to have some kind of strategy. That's why they have like the like fourteen by twenty two sheets of like yeah yeah, yeah. Of, of paper in front of him with like tiny tiny writing that they're like well situational because I can't think of all the plays all at once. Yeah, exactly. I think the only thing that gets in gets in the way of this offense is probably Jimmy G's decision making. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen passes throughout this year where smallest window and he tries to fit it in. Luckily, he has enough zip on the arm that it just hits the defender's hands or the chest, and it's an incomplete pass. Yeah. So if if Kansas City can stop the run, because not only did um, Raheem – I don't know how to say the last name. So Moser? Gonna, yeah, Moser. 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 We'll get there. Moser had a game even against the – the Vikings, Telve, Tevin Coleman, or is it Telvin or Tevin? Tevin, yeah. Tevin Coleman, he had 102 yards and two scores. So the Niners have a, a run game. Mm-hmm. If you stop that, that's cool, but they're not the Titans. They're going to be able to – Jimmy G is going to have a lot more weapons in, you know, as far as receivers and Debo Samuel and Mr. Kittle. Right. And, and I like that you call him Mr. Kittle. Because <laughs> honestly, it fits. Like, if I saw him on the street, I would probably call him Mr. Kittle and, like, shrink away. <laughs> yeah, I think right. he would frighten me. <laughs> and, and not only that, both Monster and Coleman can catch the ball at the backfield. Yeah. So he has, there's so many ways this offense can attack a weak Kansas City defense. Well, and there's one name that you haven't mentioned, and, and it goes to special teams as well as on the offensive side of the ball. Rookie second round pick Debo Samuel has been awesome. If you if you watch that NFC Championship game, he had several. I mean, in the small amount of time that I watched it, I think he had three end around runs mm-hmm. where he's just a speed demon, yeah, and he gets, and he gets out. Yeah, he gets around the edge. If if you don't set the edge, he's he's untackleable. It seems like, and then on special teams as well as a punt and kick returner. He's he's a special talent, and he could be a guy that, uh, similar to you look back at like the I believe it was the 2012 Ravens with uh, Jacoby Jones, right. the 90 96 Packers with uh, Desmond Howard, guys yeah. like that who just 
a kick return can change the Super Bowl. One or, kick return. Or so. like, uh, this isn't a Super Bowl, but Devin Hester used to control games because Devin they Hester wouldn't, they wouldn't even punt to him. They just kick mm-hmm. it out of bounds and be like, "I'm gonna just take the losses." Or in the Chiefs are concerned, I mean, a guy like Dante Hall mm-hmm. as well. I mean, oh, joystick. Yeah. yeah, that kid was amazing. Yep. And so. I mean, even well, even Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's just mm-hmm. like shifty, and if he gets open field, like goodbye. Like and he, yeah, he, he yep. hits that second gear, and it's. Yeah, he's gone. Well, with that, I mean, that's a good segue there, Tommy. Let's jump into talking about the Chiefs. I think we covered the 49ers pretty well there. What about yeah. the Chiefs? Josh, you want to kick the us Chiefs, off there? First of all, I have two names that I'd like to hear you pronounce this name. Ready? K P A S S A G N O N. Chris Stops. I don't think so. No. I don't I don't know how to pronounce it. Nice. He's a really good defensive end. Hold on. I'm I'm pulling it up because I feel like I can say it. I just need to see the name. K P P A S S G N O N. Passanian. The K K is silent and the the G you just kind of roll. I think it's jogging or jogging. It's a soft J. Okay, that's one. The second one is this. Where is he? I'm pretty sure this is just naughty, but there's two N's at the beginning. N N A D I. He seems, he seems <laughs> you, naughty. It's naughty, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Derek Naughty. Good yeah. thing we're yeah. on the radio, okay, yeah. boys. We can't be showing and too many naughty And then Frank things. Clark. <laughs> That's how that's Clark. pronounced. And D- Daniel Sorensen, do you know where he went? Uh, I'm pretty he sure he went to uh, high school I mean? somewhere. He did go to college. He did go to college as well, though, at, <laughs> at BYU. So, <clears throat> also, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs without him because he stopped that fake punt and he made people fumble on the kickoff. He ah. turned the Texans game by himself. Obviously, single-handedly. Something to think about. Anyway, so who's the, the who's the coach? For oh the yeah, Chiefs? do you do you know uh, where he played offensive line in college as well? Uh, also BYU. Thank you for listening to this episode of Name Change Pending. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Name Change Pending and subscribe to get the newest episodes of the podcast and to check out photos of hosts Josh Keel, Tommy Jerome, and Brian Priest as we travel the continent to do what we love: watch sports. Also, I know you've got a lot going on today, but if you could take two minutes out of your busy schedule to give the podcast a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice, we would greatly appreciate it. Those algorithms can be tricky, and all I know is that five-star ratings jump us up the lists. So thanks for tuning in, and now back to the show. So, um, so their defense. Hey, if we're going to start talking about college teams and where players came from, I know there's a Darwin Thompson out of Utah State. Oh, I thought you were going to say there's a punter for uh, San Francisco that played at the U. Oh no, I don't yeah. care. Mitch Wichnowski. See, I know I know multiple schools. Look at you spreading yeah. the wealth. Yeah, yeah. proud yeah. of you, Josh. Know your enemy like you know yourself. That's what I always say. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, their defense, uh, they have a reputation for sucking, but they they stopped Derrick Henry, and I feel like people are going to give that too much credit because, like yeah. Tommy was saying, they're uh, they. There's more weapons. All you have to guard on the Titans is Derrick Henry, and it and it severely limits their capabilities. But it, Sanders, not not Debo Sanders, Emmanuel. Emmanuel San, San, is it Sanders or Emmanuel Sam, Sanders? Yeah, Sam, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders. Debo is Samuel. Emmanuel is Sanders, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought Sanders was that. De- Debo Samuel Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Wait, Emmanuel that, Sanders. I thought he got hurt in his out. Seventeen nineteen. I don't believe so. I don't believe so either. What am I thinking of? Uh, Tevin or Tevin Coleman? My he missed the NFC Championship. Are you thinking of him? I think yeah. Ah, it'll anyway, come to you. Let's let's keep rolling. Uh, yay, sports. So, uh, any I feel like he catches everything, and Greg Kittle is a beast, Catch and a cold in the desert, and Debo is amazing. So, 
I mean, obviously, Daniel Sorensen can stop Kittle, but other than that, what are they going to do? Okay, to- okay, I'm I'm going to stop you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to, to to just blanket statement tell the the world that Daniel Sorensen can stop Greg Kittle. Arguably the second best, best the best all around tight end in football right second now. Second best tight end in this game. Travis Kelsey's on the other mm. side, bro. Kittle is better today. I know. He Kid, is, I know. Travis Kelsey was better what, last season. What about uh, the, he's he de- though? He's definitely better because he's a better blocker than Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's a huge wide receiver, more so than Greg Kittle, who likes to block. Greg Kittle, did you see the the play? I think it was against the Saints. Greg Kittle was, was blocking uh, a linebacker and pancaked dude. And they, they actually they showed a camera view from behind the end zone. Yeah. And they just kind of zoomed in on Kittle's face. Yeah. And he was like maniacal laughter the entire <laughs> block. Like, that's a crazy person. Yeah. He's just having fun <laughs> at the other person's expense. I'm killing this guy. He I can't saw, do anything against yeah. me. <laughs> I saw like a like a loop of Kittle bo- of blocks of just putting people on their back all over the place and setting the edge for the sweeps and stuff like yeah. that. He's good. Um so I think the defense is in a little bit of trouble, but they've been coming through more this year. So uh, I'd like to think that they can keep it competitive. But I feel like if there's going to be someone that gets totally exposed in this Super Bowl, it's the Chiefs' defense because the Niners' offense is pretty good. Okay, interesting. That's secondary. That is That's an interesting take. Week. I yeah. give their front four. They have their ends that can, will like right. every other play will get to the quarterback. But if you give Jimmy G enough time, that secondary is pretty weak. I think without what's his name Sorensen, yep. And I mean, I think Sorensen can be can get beat. I know he's had a few good games against the Chargers, but come on. Yeah, their corners are Rivers. Breland, a guy named Bashad Breland and Kendall Fuller, and their safeties are Sorensen and what do they call him? The Honey Badger, Tyrant, Ty, Tyron Matthew. 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 Yeah, Tyron Matthew is a leader. Yeah, he's there's good. a guy you yeah. can rally around. Yeah, the, so they're they're okay, but they're not you know they're not Pro Bowl guys. So uh, then you get to the offense, and this, these guys are pretty good. Uh, you know, eh. it's weird to think that earlier this year they were questioning whether or not Mahomes would even be able to play the rest of the year because he busted his kneecap sideways, and now he's back going to the Super Bowl. Um, Definitely doesn't look like the same scrambler, though. I but, feel like he's very hesitant when he scrambles. Did you see that run down the sideline in the AFC Championship, though? I guess not. I mean, it was like there was <laughs> like a 35-yard run yeah, or something, yep. and he, he came around the left edge. And I was watching. I didn't think there was a chance in hell he could stay in bounds. Yeah. And he and he tight roped for about three steps and went thirty five yards for a yeah. score. And and I untouched. Saw, I saw a thing about that play that he ran sixty three on that play. It was just a thirty five yeah. yard gain. Bunch of scrambling. But he's their leading rusher over the both of the last two games. The leading rusher has been Patrick Mahomes, even though Damian Williams has scored a couple of touchdowns. So if he's the leading rusher, that to me, doesn't bode well when the quarterback's the leading rusher for your team, but that's the Ravens. Yeah, exactly. But he's got Tyreek Hill, who's you know, like you were saying, get him on the edge and he's gone. Sammy Watkins has been stepping up in the playoffs. When he when he left Buffalo, he was like an all star, but he uh, he looked like his career was descending. And then you put yeah. him with Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, and all of a sudden he looks really good. And then you got Travis Kelsey, who when they needed him in the Texans game, went off and had like ten catches for like 160 yards and I think three touchdowns. So. Uh, they've got the weapons on offense to be able to to be able to make something happen, even against a really good Niners defense. So I think it could turn into, you know, scoring back and forth against each other. But I think it'll be an interesting clash of styles, mostly because 
I feel like the Niners are going to be able to run the ball and slow everything down, and then the Chiefs are going to have to speed things up and throw, throw, throw to get past the front four because, like we talked about, front four on the Niners is, is really stout, really yeah. good. I just feel like with the the type of style that Mahomes and that offense has, he Mahomes needs time for Tyreek Hill, Pringle, all of them to get downfield and get open. Because they get a Byron lot of, Pringle? Yeah, that guy. It's my Anyways. favorite chief. <laughs> Anyways. Can't pop. To get. Because I can't stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, he needs time for them to get downfield. This Niners front four is not going to give them that time. And that's just how their receivers are. They, they do a lot of big plays. There's not a lot of one-step cuts in and, and break a zone apart that way. They get mm-hmm. downfield, find the hole yeah. in the zone. But I think this front four doesn't let that happen because – it's just not it's not in the pudding. And I don't think you can get a run game with Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy because it's like I said, this front four and their linebackers are just so good. Mm-hmm. Who's the third guy? It's Quan Alexander, Fred Warner, and uh, for the for the Niners, it's a it's a rookie. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's good though as well. well. He, yeah, they've got a very good linebacking group. Yeah. I mean, you guys talking about this this Chiefs offense. I've got a couple things I want to say about the offense and um, wanted to cover the the defense as well, but offensively, this this Chiefs team. I mean, Tommy, you've Tommy, you've seen it as well with being a Chargers fan, me being a Broncos fan. We've both seen the the Chiefs twice this year playing against our teams, and the the thing that amazes me about this Chiefs squad is just how fast they are and how many weapons they have. Because Greg, it's not Greenlaw is that other linebacker. Greenlaw, yeah, Greenlaw's a, a hell of a Sorry. linebacker. Uh, well, he Greenlaw's the guy who made that tackle at the goal line in the Seahawks game to clinch the one seed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Greenlaw's a, he's a good player. Yep. Um, but yeah, look at this this Chiefs offense. And Josh, you mentioned Sammy Watkins. You talked about Travis Kelsey a little bit. Tommy, you mentioned Tyreek Hill and his speed and just breakaway ability. Then Damian Williams is a guy out of the backfield, not necessarily a great running back, but he he can catch a catch pass as well. With Damian Williams, he's had seven receptions on twelve targets, has has sixty five yards and a touchdown. Then you've got nine catches for Sammy Watkins, thirteen for Kelsey, eight for Tyreek Hill, and and also Demarcus Robinson has three catches. McCole Hardman has three catches. Hardman's uh, another guy that he's the he's the kick returner who blew it open and also in the Texans game. He's the guy mm-hmm. who got the huge sixty yard kick return to get yeah. everything popping off in the beginning and. Uh, you know, I, I look at this team and just the options they have between Hardman and Tyreek Hill. I know that Tyreek Hill doesn't typically return kicks, but right. I guarantee you, guarantee you, in a critical moment in this game, you're going to see Tyreek Hill back for a punt return. Right. I guarantee it because yeah. he is the most electric player in this game. Yeah. For as much of a shitty human being as you can say <laughs> he is, He's the most electric athlete in this game. Right. I think he's too full of himself. I think he's going to – I feel – yeah, I think he's going to – he's great, tremendous speed. I think he's going to crumble under the pressure. Okay. I think he's going to he's gonna muff a few punts. I don't think he's going to be – he's obviously the most – like you said, the most electrifying guy in this game as far, I think, next to Kittle. I think Kittle's more – I don't know, electrifying. I don't but what I'm trying to say no, is I, hear I think the pressure is going to get to Tyreek Hill. He's going to try and do too much because it's such a big game, and he's going to essentially kick himself in the ass. Well, I think I think you make a good point there because really when you look at Super Bowls, guys 
I mean, it, it sounds cliche, kind of stupid as I think about it in my head, but you 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 tend to go one way or the other. You get guys who crumble, like you're you're thinking Tyreek Hill will, and then you get guys who just they come together under that pressure and play their best games. You right. get guys that you've never heard of before that win Super Bowl MVPs. Right, like Joe Flacco. <laughs> Why do you come on, man? Sorry. The season, hey, Joe, that's, no. That's Bronco Pride right there, Joe Flacco. No, come on, buddy. No, Bronco Joe Flacco Pride. and Bronco Pride have never been associated together Speak. in the same sentence. But. Room, building, <laughs> I don't give a damn. They're not going to retire his jersey? Um, but he's elite. <laughs> he is. Uh, I hate you guys. Speaking of crumbling under pressure, who do you think crumbles first, Andy Reid or uh, Shanahan? They both well, have histories of doing so. Let's get back to coaching in just a minute. I want to okay. I want to finish talking about the the Chiefs defense. So, Josh, you talked about the the Chiefs defense in the secondary specifically and how they're going to be able to match up with the 49ers. Tommy, you mentioned it a little bit as well. I I think the one huge difference that that is really going to come home to roost for the Chiefs in this Super Bowl is rookie Juan Thornhill. He tore his ACL, I believe it was in that Texans game, so he's obviously out for the Super Bowl. And him being out, I think, is going to make a huge difference because he was, along with Teron Matthew, they were really the two guys that just brought this whole defense together and and kept things cohesive. Yeah. so it's going to be interesting. I think it's yeah. this honestly, as much as I hate the Chiefs and I don't hate the 49ers, but it, I don't necessarily like them either. I think this is going to be yeah. one of the better Super Bowl matchups this has that to be I've a seen in a while. Super Bowl for you as a Broncos fan. I wouldn't say painful. I do definitely hate seeing the Chiefs there, and it, I would call it painful if the Chiefs win. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to predictions and stuff. So first coaching. Ta- first time in 50 years. They won Super Bowl four and 54. Great job, Chiefs. Good job, fellas. It's not 108 <laughs> years, but whatever. I mean, not everyone can have that level of not <laughs> futility. Being good. Futility. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Okay, so coaching. coaching. Josh, I think that's that's going to be a big storyline. Andy Reid with the Chiefs. Yeah. hasn't played in a hasn't coached in a Super Bowl since 2004. Yep. Give you an idea of who was on that team. Donovan yeah. McNabb was his quarterback with right. the Eagles. <laughs> Terrell yeah, Owens was the quarterback or receiver, right? Terrell Owens was yeah. on that team. Brian Dawkins at safety. Yeah. A lot of good and they, players. And but, they should have been good, but they got to the Super Bowl and then they got beat and. A perennially, a perennially they, disappointing Eagles team. Right, right. When Who the they play in the Super Bowl? The Pats. And he got uh, worked. He, uh, no, they didn't. Actually, it was a one-score game, but the Pats won. dominated. But Andy Reid is like notoriously a, a regular season coach. He's like Marty Schottenheimer, right? Like you win a ton of games in the regular season, and then when it gets to the playoffs, for whatever reason, that scheme you ran – for three months that worked great doesn't work for yeah. some reason. And I feel because he's just so one-dimensional. Like you said, you run that all season. Yeah. Well, okay, now we have 17 games of tape of what you run and everything that you run. Like yeah. What, mm-hmm. How am I not going to be prepared in the Super Bowl? Right, and yeah. so making the adjustments. And then my, uh, my, this is Mike Shanahan, right? Mike Shanahan's his dad? Kyle. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Mike Shanahan's his dad. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the famous 28-3 to meltdown by the Falcons against the Patriots. Man, the Patriots just own these two. It's a good thing the Patriots aren't in this game. Um, so that that's the other thing is even with a lead, a 25-point lead in the third quarter, he managed to melt down and lose a game. So it's going to be – it's not who crumbles under pressure. It's who crumbles less under pressure this week. Okay, so Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan – 
probably, I, I think a lot of people would argue, the two best play callers in the NFL today. Yeah. Maybe maybe two, definitely two of the top five play callers in the league. Yep. Kyle Shanahan is in his second season as a head coach. You mentioned his previous Super Bowl disappointment with the Falcons. Yep. I don't put that on Kyle Shanahan, though. The defense, the, the, the defense gave up a 25-point lead. Right, right. I mean, as a play caller, you, you do need to be more aggressive that's through the end the of DC, that game. Though. Yeah. But that's, that loss isn't Kyle Shanahan. They did right. build a 25-point lead on the greatest dynasty anybody has ever seen in the NFL. Right. Uh, and then Andy Reid. A- Andy Reid, his shortcomings <laughs> just – like he is, he's been a great regular season coach. He puts yeah. together terrific game plans. He's also a guy with a a bye week, two weeks to plan for someone. Yeah, is nearly undefeated in his career. He's yeah. been great that way. But he also re- really seems to struggle when the chips are down. <laughs> he, he seems to struggle in big games. He seems to struggle at the end of big games specifically. His right. clock management skills. Are anybody who, any Eagles fans or Chiefs fans during the Andy Reid eras? know how bad and how frustrating he can be at times when he doesn't use his timeouts properly. Right. I even read articles and this challenges week about him, uh, about even in the Titans game that they won by, t- by 20 points, that he was using the clock terribly and people were worried that he was going to allow a comeback by the Titans because he was using the clock so so poorly. Yeah. And so even in wins, people are like, man, he is not good at this. He needs to play more Madden and figure it out. Yep. So, yeah, that'll be – that's an interesting matchup, and someone's gonna someone's gonna come out looking like a goat in a bad way, not not yep. the greatest of all time. They're they're one of these two coaches is gonna be wearing one that is not a good look for either of them. Yeah, definitely a little scarlet letter on there. Yeah. So I mean, it, did you guys have anything else specifically about these two teams you want to talk about? Should we jump into predictions? Oh, Tommy, you got something. So I don't know if you saw the NFC Championship, but there was a hit that. Jimmy G took where it kind of bent his knee weird. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if luckily like Mostert was able to run for 220 and four scores. So he really didn't need to really work that hard, but I don't know how that knee is going to be feeling Super Bowl day. I don't know if he's, if it's going to be in the back of his head. Cause it did bend really weird. Like it bent back into the side. Like, um, that was, I think it was on his seventh throw or something. So late in so the first quarter. Probably was probably in the second. Hmm. Honestly, I don't know. It was it, it happened early enough when I saw it, going back and seeing it, and you know I went back and watched some of the highlights. Is definitely like it it bent weird, and I don't know okay. if his knee's gonna be a problem if they have to if he has to run around, move mm-hmm. around in the pocket, or if he gets hit again in that knee, how that's gonna play out. Well, that'll be that's definitely gonna be something to keep an eye on. I believe the uh, first injury reports are are required to be out Wednesday. Sometime yeah, on, on Wednesday. Probably. They're going to have media day Tuesday is usually how it works. And then those injury reports will come out on Wednesday. So it would be interesting to see if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is on that injury report. Because, yeah, if his mobility is limited, that could have a big impact on this yeah, game. that's a big difference maker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tommy, you want to take – let's see. Take two minutes and tell us what your thoughts are on the game and who you predict to win. I think it's going to be fun. I think I'm I'm a very big fan of defensive games. So watching this Niners defense, hopefully, you know, work over this 
um, Chiefs offense, mm-hmm. I think will be really fun to watch. And I'm a firm believer of defense wins rings. And I just see this: the Niners have the better defense. And I think when it especially in playoff football, like you can, it doesn't. And I look at it like this: it doesn't matter what you did all season. You could have had a hell of a season, you know, through for five thousand yards, but it doesn't matter till you get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like like look at uh, Lamar Jackson had an amazing season, MVP probably. Yep. But it doesn't matter because you didn't make it to the big game, and if you don't win this big game, then you you know it doesn't matter. If Mahomes played a good playoff run, either it doesn't. I just think defense wins championships. Niners have the edge on defense, so I'm giving it to the Niners. And even in that, okay. even the uh, Lamar Jackson perfect example, because he had like 550 yards of offense in the game they lost to the Titans, and it doesn't matter because they couldn't score enough points to get in, so to get past the Titans. So you can yep. rack up yards, but you got to win this one. Okay, so Josh, you want to give us I your think- rundown? Two minutes. Uh, yeah, I think I think that it's going to be entertaining. I'm curious to see Patrick Mahomes against the Niners defense too, because the Niners defense is really good. Curious to see if the uh, Patriots or the Patriots, if the Chiefs defense can do anything to stop the Niners offense. Because watching them in the playoffs, man, they seem like a machine. Like they took, they got that bye week, and then they came out and they just marched on everybody. Neither of their games even felt like they were being challenged. They just rolled through. So I'm curious to see if the Chiefs can even put up a challenge. I think the Niners are going to win because I, I think they're better on both sides of the ball. I think, uh, yeah, I just I don't see how the Chiefs' defense can stop the 49ers' offense. And I think Mahomes will do stuff. He's they're they'll figure out a way because they got enough weapons for him to him to figure it out. And his mobility, I think, will help. Like Tommy was saying, you got to give him time to get the ball down the field. But he's so mobile that even under the pressure, he'll be able to scramble around and and make some weird things happen because that's kind of what he does. But I don't think they'll have enough to to outmatch the uh, the Niners. Okay, so you got Niners, Tommy. You picked the Niners too. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I mean, as far as I'm concerned, when I'm looking at this game, it it comes down to can the the Chiefs' offense produce enough explosive plays on the offensive side of the ball to create a blowout if 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 it's a close game I don't see because of the the struggles that Andy Reid has had throughout his entire coaching career Mm -hmm. I don't see a a close game a one score contest in the last five minutes I don't see the Chiefs coming out on top in that type of a game but if the Chiefs can can piece together two or three explosive plays which is not out of the question and unreasonable to think that they could um, with that that speed that they have and Mahomes' ability, he is the best. As pretty much every ESPN personality would would phrase it, he is the best thrower of the football in the <laughs> NFL. He he's a great passer. He he puts passes right on point, and guys in that offense are able to get open and read schemes them to get open. So with the the 49ers, a lot of it is going to come down to because Tommy, you talked about the. Chiefs' um, propensity to really pursue the deep ball, especially, and to to be able to throw those deep passes, you're going to need four, five, six, seven seconds to let a play develop sometimes. And so if the 49ers' front four is able to get pressure on the Chiefs, I, I think they shut this game down pretty early. Right. But if they're not able to get that pressure, Mahomes can scramble a little bit. Chiefs are going to definitely put up a fight. In the end, I, I'm going to predict it coming out as a close game. It'll be a one-score game. 
And I, I'm also going to take the Niners. I'll take the Niners at uh, like a 31-27 type of a game. But I think it's I think it's going to be an awesome Super Bowl. And in spite of the teams playing, I'm honestly pretty excited to watch it. Yeah, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. There's a lot of intrigue. Like you were saying with the blowout thing, like I can see a scenario where it gets ugly on the one side, but I don't think it will. I think that the after seeing what happened with the Texans, I just don't see the Chiefs rolling over, even if they get down a little bit early. They've had to come from behind by more from more than ten points almost every game in the playoffs. They they figured out how to do it, so I think that they'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, no, I I agree. We appreciate you joining us on Name Change Pending today. Make sure and jump on Twitter. Follow your hosts, Brian Priest at BPriest24, Tommy Jerome at Ruthless underscore Lupe, and Josh Keel at Rise and Shout. Also, we know that you're busy, but if you could take two minutes out of your day and give us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice, that would be so amazing. Help us move up those algorithms. I don't totally understand how they work, but I know with some five-star ratings, the podcast shows up higher on the lists. And we want to help other people find the show, don't we? Doesn't really matter what you say for us. Maybe suggest some new verses for Ruthless Lupe. But thanks again for joining us, and stay tuned for more episodes of Name Change Pending.